Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 71 of the Osher Ginsberg podcast. Hi, I'm Osher Ginsberg. Today, my guest is Cindy Gallup. You can find her on Twitter at C-I-N-D-Y-G-A-L-L-O-P. More about her in a moment. She's an absolute force of nature. I cannot wait to bring you this episode. But firstly, thank you so much for being here. A lot of new people here. So hi, thanks for being here. I'm Osher. I'm Australian. I live between Venice Beach and Bondi Beach, and I like to talk to people that have found a way to do what they love in life and uh, discover more about how they did it. You can subscribe to this show in iTunes if you're on Android. Stitcher also carries this show, and I've just started putting them up on SoundCloud as well. If you want to know about uh, who's coming up on the episodes, osherginsberg.com. Sign up to the email list there. And uh, I'll let you know. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And um, some of the old episodes aren't showing up in the RSS feed. Uh, iTunes only uh, puts up the last 50 episodes. So if you want earlier episodes, you can find them on the website, oshiginsberg.com. So, hey, hope you're well. Hope everything's good in your your life. Um, I am about three weeks away from going back to Australia. I'm going to be shooting season three of The Bachelor, which I'm very excited about. Um, I am going to have to shave off my beard, though. I like my beard. My beard has been doing well for me lately. Uh, but yeah, I'll be back. Uh, haven't seen my chin in a while. <laughs> I wonder how it looks. Um, but I do miss. I do miss the country that I've made my home. I wasn't born in Australia, but I made it my home, and uh, 
I do miss it. I do miss it very much. And I'm looking forward to, to being back there and amongst my friends and, and family. Um, not that I don't have friends over here, but I'm looking back to being on, uh, on home soil. Nothing, nothing, nothing quite like it. I had a, uh, had a great ride today. I've been on my bike quite a bit and, um, we went up, uh, to Panga Canyon, the old faithful. And, um, <clears throat> he reminded me how important it is to get into action when uh, you're not feeling the best. So if you find yourself not feeling great, if you find yourself uh, upset with a situation or conflicted or confronted, um, the best thing to do is to move from that space, hopefully in a positive direction, but to move from that space. If we stay and ruminate on whatever it is that's going on, that just drills that hole deeper and it's harder to get out of. So he just reminded me of, he tells, apparently he tells his girlfriend, like, if I'm ever upset or cranky, just put me on my bike, send me out the door, give me a surfboard, throw me in the water. Um, and it makes everything better. And that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, just move positively forward away from where it is. Even if you don't feel like doing it, just do it. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the thing that he reminded me of today. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing way better. Me and my, uh, my team, I have a team of people working on this. We found a nice mix of meds. It's, it's, it's a bit weird being a bit guinea piggy each and every week just to check a dosage here and move a dosage there and see a side effect there and deal with a side effect there. I'm feeling way better, if heavier. <laughs> um, uh, that's a bit weird. I can ride my bike till the cows come home and I'm, I still gain weight, which is a bit weird. But life is easier, so I'll take the rounder edges, <laughs> to be honest. And... Uh, I'll just make sure that uh, my tailor is especially good at his job or her job when I get back on TV. But uh, that's uh, you know that's that's uh, that's a fact. That's 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 how it is. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to bring you my guest today. Very much so. Excited to bring you my guest today. Her name is Cindy Gallup. She is an absolute powerhouse of a human being. Now, if you haven't seen Cindy's TED talk, stop this podcast right now. Google up Cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, Gallup, G-A-L-L-O-P, TED Talk. It'll take you about five minutes, but it'll make everything make a lot more sense. All right? So pause this and go do that. All right, are you back? Have you done it? Good, because that will certainly have given you a heads up about what we're going to talk today. We are going to talk about porn today. Yes, pornography. So if you're sensitive to this issue, perhaps take another episode in this week. There's 69 other episodes to deal with. See what I did there? Um, but Cindy and I have a, a grown-up, non-salacious conversation all about pornography. Pornography's role in the world today and the effects of hardcore pornography and the widespread use of hardcore pornography by young people. Um she reveals in this conversation something that really kind of shocked me, that the average age that uh, a kid is exposed to porn online can be as low as eight. So pretending that it's not there and that your kids don't see it or your, the young people around you don't see it is, is a fantasy. It's there. And um, Cindy and I talk about what to do about that. We do get graphic in this conversation, but only to explain something. Um, we don't describe sex acts uh just for the fun of it uh but you have been advised all right so i'm telling you right now if you don't want to hear an hour of two grown-up people having an intelligent intelligent conversation about pornography um don't listen to this show okay great moving on 
this chat may change the way you view porn, not look at porn, but see porn. No, that's not going to work either. Um, appreciate, understand porn. This chat may change the way you understand porn, but it, then again, it may not. However, this is also the story of a very powerful woman, a very admirable woman, a very inspirational woman, and her battle to start a business that challenges the dominant paradigm and opens up a whole conversation, not only about sex, but mostly about love. Her website is makelovenotporn.com. It does what it says on the box. So if you click on that URL, just know that you're going to get what you think you're going to get. All right? Okay. So I'll take you now to New York City and Cindy's amazing, amazing apartment. She was so generous with her time. She let me into her home. We had a wonderful conversation over a cup of tea. Um, please enjoy this. Uh, I believe it's her birthday this week, so happy birthday, Cindy. This is Cindy Gallup and me in New York City. So I wrote my homework about you. <laughs> Jolly good. <laughs> six Ps. Prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. Fantastic. I couldn't agree more. That's the only, the only way forward. Yeah, no, absolutely right. It's the only way forward. There you are. Um, so, hi, I'm Rolling. How are you, Cindy? I'm good, thank you. This is amazing. Tell me about where we are. So, we're in um, my apartment, um, which is known as the Black Apartment. And if anybody Googles the Black Apartment, they'll, they'll find a lot of stuff about it online. Um, and interestingly, I actually bought this space back in 2003 because I couldn't afford anything else in Chelsea. And... I was looking for an apartment. I'd always lived in rental apartments here, and um, I decided it's time to stop pouring the rent down a black hole. You know, at least buy somewhere, accrue value. And I wanted to stay in the neighbourhood, and I couldn't afford a single thing that was ready to move into. And this place was a total bargain because there was nothing here. So this used to be the YMCA. Um, the Y moved out in 2003, sold the building to a developer. The developer demolished everything and sold it off as raw space. And by the way, the fun thing about this apartment is... I bought the front half of the sixth floor of the YMCA where they used to have their indoor pool in the back half. So this apartment is the men's locker and shower rooms at the YMCA. <laughs> and, and when I came here, um, it was a bargain because when I say there was nothing here, there was literally nothing here. No floor, no walls, no ceiling, no plumbing, no wiring, just huge piles of rubble. So I was clambering over piles of rubble going, I can't do this, I can't do this. Then I went home and I slept on it and I thought... How the hell else will I ever afford 3,800 square feet in the heart of Manhattan? So I got the contracts from the developer and I took them to a lawyer who summed up our two-hour meeting as, he said, if everything goes well, you've got a fantastic business deal. If everything goes badly, Armageddon. And he was absolutely right because what you're looking at represents two and a half years of stress, trauma, aggravation and spiralling debt. But I love it now and I regard all of that aggro as the trade-off for getting to somewhere I can never afford to live otherwise. So that's how the Black Apartment came into being. It's amazing. The, the, the place is covered in books, floor-to-ceiling portraits. It's the largest home I've been inside in Manhattan. I've, I haven't been in a room this big. <laughs> that is someone's house in Manhattan. Um, so how are you over after all that? How are you today? Um, to be perfectly honest, um, battle-weary. Yeah. How does that manifest? Well, um, I say that because... I had no idea when I and my team embarked on our startup, Make Love Not Porn, that we would fight a battle every single day to build it. 
essentially because every piece of business infrastructure, any other startup can at least take for granted. We can't because the small print always says no adult content. And, and, and this is all pervasive in a way that people really don't, don't realize. So, you know, just to give you a few examples, I can't find a bank anywhere in the world that will allow me to open a business bank account for a business that does what we do. Um, our biggest operational challenge is putting a payments infrastructure in place. Because we're adult content, PayPal won't work with us. Amazon won't. Mainstream credit card processors won't. We had to build our entire video streaming platform from scratch um, because online video streaming services like Brightcove won't host adult content. And so for a tiny bootstrapping startup, that means we run into a lot of technical problems because, because we had to build literally everything. Even something as apparently simple as finding an email partner to send our membership emails out with got rejected by six or seven. And obviously when it comes to finding funding, um, it's a complete and total nightmare. And that's what I'm focused on at the moment. So um, we fight a battle every day and it gets very, very tiring. As, well, yeah, you are the, <laughs> you're the founder of makelovenotporn.com, as you, as you just mentioned. You're also, but you also do a lot of other things. You're also the founder and CEO of ifweroundtheworld.com. And I love this. You describe yourself as the Michael Bay of business. I like to blow shit up, <laughs> which is great. Um, so we should dive straight into it. I'm, I'm sure like before we've rolled this interview, I will have done a heavy disclaimer that there's going to be some fantastic conversation with very fruity language, you know, like they do before the warning. The following program contains Good. what sort of things should we put in this warning? Mm. Uh, the following pro program contains very graphic descriptions of male and female genitalia, uh, sex positions. What else? What else do you think we should talk about today? Um, I, I, actually, no. I think um, you know. To, I mean, you should absolutely issue that warning. Yeah. But it, it will pertain only to talking about aspects of what we're doing that nobody else is even thinking about, let alone doing anything about. Got it. So let's get straight in. If porn is a such a massive industry, online porn, I believe it's something along the lines of $93 billion or something humongous like that, where are they doing their banking? So um, first of all, um, uh, interestingly, for all the reasons that my team and I battle um, every day, um, this is the most data and statistics-free industry going. Okay, so, um, um, so no, th um, th th there is no... Um, valid size of the porn industry figure. Um, you will find there's one study done back in 2006, everybody quotes that is woefully out of date. Um, and, um, and, and, and so, uh, A, um, th um, there is no figure. Um, B, um, and we'll come on to this, um, contrary to what everybody thinks, the porn industry is not making money. The porn industry is imploding right now. Um, and C, um, actually, at Make Love Not Porn, um, we can't work with adult industry partners. And I've talked to a whole bunch of them over the past several years, um, working, working to make my venture work. Um, I hasten to add, by the way, the porn industry is very interested and supportive of what we're doing with Make Love Not Porn, because nobody's tried to disrupt it in a very long time. But um, the, uh, there are two main reasons why we can't work with adult industry partners. And the porn industry encounters all the problems we do, which is why I'm fighting this battle very publicly on behalf of all of us. Um, a, when I talk to adult industry financial partners, payment partners, um, the single most important thing about any business partner we work with is that before anything else, they have to get what we're, do what we're doing, believe in its support, and want to help make it happen. Otherwise, it's too difficult to work together. Porn industry partners, their response can be summed up pretty much as, yeah, yeah, Cindy, social mission, social values are porn like all the rest. 
Can't work with somebody coming from that mindset. But um, equally importantly, um, it doesn't support our business model. So um, because the world will not allow people dealing with adult content to do business on the same terms as everybody else, um, the porn industry has nowhere else to go. Um, and therefore, um, the whole specific areas has sprung up to service them. And the rates are extortionate. And they're usually predicated on cash flow. So it goes something like it's a stepped menu. If you put um, zero to so many thousand dollars through us a month, 15%, mm -hmm. you know, gets marginally better than the more money you put through. Our revenue sharing model at Make Love Not Porn um, is designed around the fact that, you know, you pay to rent and stream real world sex videos. And we give 50% of that income to our contributor, our Make Love Not Porn star, net a small amount to cover hosting and transaction fees. We need those fees to be as low as possible. Mainstream rates, 3 3.5%, ideally less. So it doesn't support our business model. There's a third reason, by the way, which is that we are too high risk for them. So I've literally had an adult payments partner say to me, you're a startup, no track record, no cash flow, no assets, no funds. You are too high risk for us to work with. So that's why we can't. Tough. <laughs> My goodness. All you want to do is put some videos of people making love on TV? No, um, no. All we want to do is change the way the world has sex for the better. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that? How old were you when you learned about sex? Um, golly, um, my parents never talked to me about sex, um, which is one of the fundamental issues that, that we're addressing with Make Love Not Porn. So I had, to, I had to find out for myself from reading books. And so I think I was something like um, 10 or 11. Right. And where were you when you were 10 or 11? I, I was in Brunei in Borneo, which is where I grew up. Not a lot of access to uh, the floods and rivers of online Sex. Um, no, because of course the internet didn't exist back in those days. No, not at all. Uh, so I'm guessing what was the, what was the culture like around sex in Borneo, like at school well, and things like that. Well, well, um, well Brunei is a Muslim. Uh, Brunei, state. Brunei, sorry, yeah, Brunei. Um, Brunei is a Muslim state, so obviously zero discussion and conversation about sex. And so, when you were ten or eleven, when you first discovered this thing, what, what did you go? Well, I want to know more, or well, that's frightening. Um, no, I mean, I mean, essentially, it's a very different matter learning about sex from books versus um, doing what happens today, which is stumbling across it online at a much earlier age than I was. Um, so, you know, I, I already had a vague, I read voraciously as a kid and my father was very happy to let me read anything and everything. And so I was reading a lot of adult books where I didn't really understand what these ladies and gentlemen were getting up to, you know. And then eventually, you know, um, I realised. But that is a very different war game from the fact that the average age today at which a child is first exposed to hardcore porn online is eight. And a global study done last year, um, a survey of 11,000 parents worldwide, indicates that age has now dropped to six. And this is not because eight-year-olds and six-year-olds go looking for porn. They don't. It's a function of what, in the digital world we live in today, is utterly inevitable. It's a function of what somebody shows your child on a cell phone in the playground. What happens when they go around a neighbor's house? Because it doesn't matter what parental controls you have in place at home, your kids live their lives in other places. Or, and this is by far the most common um, example, uh, by the way, parents write to us all the time, so I, I absolutely know this. Because this is the most wired generation ever, and in many privileged households, eight-year-olds have their own iPads, an eight-year-old does something really cute and innocent. You know, for example, they learn a new naughty word and they Google it. Penis, hee hee, one or two clicks away something they're expected to find. The seven-year-old daughter of a friend of mine who innocently Googled black tights, spelt it T-I-T-S, you know, you can imagine what came up. 
The father who wrote to me on Facebook last year, and he, a stranger, I don't know this guy, but um, the, the heading of his email was, my wife and I cannot thank you enough for what you're doing. And his email read, he said, we have a 10-year-old son, and we decided it was time to have the sex talk. So I sat down with him, and he said to me, Daddy, why do men wear masks when they're having sex? And his father wrote, and he said, we have parental controls on our iPad, and my 10-year-old son has somehow managed to find his way to a site where men wear masks when they're having sex. He said, we can't thank you enough. When he's older, we're sending him to your website. And the issue in all of this is that Still, very few parents ever talk to their children about sex. And back in my day, if you were one of those parents at least prepared to have the conversation, the conversation used to be purely logistical. So the conversation used to be, this goes into this, when a man loves a woman, the birds and the bees. The conversation you have today as a parent goes, darling, we know you're online, we know you're finding porn, and therefore, we just need to explain to you that actually not all women like being tied up, bound, gang-banged, raped, choked, and have men come all over them. And actually, not all men like doing that either. 99.9% .9 of parents are not having that conversation. And unfortunately, today, they need to. And that's why Make Love Not Porn's entire mission is purely and simply to help make it easier for people to talk about sex in every possible capacity, to make it easier to talk about sex openly and honestly in the public domain. And so that encompasses parents to children, teachers to classes, anybody to anybody, and also to make it easier to talk about sex openly and honestly, privately in your intimate relationships. You know, our mission is to socialize sex, to make real world sex socially acceptable and socially shareable in the same way that we share everything else today on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. Because, you know, again, I, mean, I always have to emphasize to people, um, given Make Love Not Porn's name, Make Love Not Porn is not anti-porn. The issue isn't porn. The issue is this total absence of an open, honest, healthy conversation around sex in the real world, which if we had it would, among many, many other benefits, also mean that people then bring a real world mindset to the viewing of what is essentially artificial entertainment. What are the, what are the real world benefits you're talking about here? Gosh, um, so many. So, you know, um, what I... Um, what I tend to say is that Make Love Not Porn operates in the single biggest market of them all. Not porn, not sex, the market of human happiness. And what I mean by that is, as a society, and, and, and you, know, you know, I and my team are setting out, we have a very big task. We're, we're setting out to overcome centuries of socio-cultural dynamics, repression, puritanism, hypocrisy, um, you know, religious, um, all sorts of, of dynamics that, that, that prevent people being open and honest about sex. But, you know, at its most fundamental level, sex is personality. Who we are sexually is as much part of who we are as human beings as any other trait or skill or talent or personality characteristic that we talk about, acknowledge, operate, act on. But... But as a society, and, and, and this is true everywhere, by the way, Make Love Not Porn is a global platform. This, this is true everywhere in the world. No society admits to that. And that's why, you know, we, we change sex from a fundamental human driver into an act. We, we all pretend we don't do it. You know, I mean, we all do it. We all enjoy it, but we don't talk about it. Um, we, we, um, we, uh, we push it into the shadows, you know, in the same way that we push 
pour into the shadows. It's, it's entirely natural to, to enjoy and be aroused by watching other people having sex. Um, and so, you know, when you are not allowed to operate as a sexual being, that is extraordinarily bad for you on many, many levels. You know, to, um, uh, w- one of my personal bugbears is, you know, um, many of us, if we're lucky, are born into families, born into environments where our parents bring us up to, you know, um, have good manners, have a work ethic, have a sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed. And they should because sensitivity, empathy, generosity, kindness are as important there as they are in every other era of our lives and our work where we are actively taught to exercise those values. And so, you know, um, all of this starts with a very fundamental question. And, And by the way, you know, Make Love Not Porn is a manifestation of everything that If We Ran the World is about in a more holistic sense. If We Ran the World is about you know, action branding, you know, we are what we do. And and it starts with examining who you are as a person, what your values are, what you believe in, just as, you know, sexually, you should begin with who am I sexually? What are my values? What are my beliefs? What makes me happy as a person sexually? And then how do I want to operate and how do I want to live my life and how do I want to choose my sexual partners? And how do I want to conduct my sex life in accordance with who I am as a sexual being and what my sexual values are. Nobody teaches that. I mean, but by the way, there are brilliant people out there trying to teach this. But society as a whole doesn't acknowledge that. It doesn't teach that. And that is the result of enormous unhappiness and the result of many, many human ills. You know, I, I say lightheartedly that, it, you know, Make Love Not Porn's goal ultimately is to help achieve world peace. And, and that is true because if all of us were having more sex more better sex, more happier sex, if all of us were, were, fit, were fulfilled as human sexual beings, this world would be a much happier place and we're a damn sight closer to world peace. And we'd, we'd certainly have a better relationship with the women in our society. Um, I mean, infinitely. But, but also, I mean, everything I'm saying applies across every form of sexuality, across every gender. You know, um, I mean, it applies universally. So when... I, I read on, you know, I, I spend a fair bit of time on Reddit just because that's how I, I get my news. I find an interesting place to get the zeitgeist of what a certain subset of, of the world is thinking. And I see, I've seen it on more than one occasion, uh, you know, guys saying, I had amazing, you know, the girl said best sex ever last night. And I say, thanks. I watch a lot of porn. It seems to me that that's possibly because it was best sex ever because it was somewhat gymnastic and somewhat acrobatic and possibly not very connected. Well, well, well first of all, um, a lot of people who say to their partner best sex ever are lying, okay, especially women, a <laughs> um, uh, fact of life. Yeah. And, you know, the, um, the, this is why um, uh, Make Love Not Porn exists as a counterpoint to porn because... Make Love Not Porn exists to counter the impact of porn as default sex education. And where that comes from is, um, you know, when it comes to sex, we are all rampantly insecure. We all get very vulnerable when we get naked. Sexual egos are very fragile. Um, Everybody wants to be good in bed. And most people don't know what that really means. And... Because of this, ironically, people, when I talk about the fact that Make Love Not Porn exists to help people talk about sex, 
people find it bizarrely difficult to talk about sex with the people they're actually having it with while they're actually having it. Because you are terrified that if you say anything at all about what's going on, if you comment on the action in any way at all, you will potentially hurt the other person's feelings, you'll put them off you, you'll derail the encounter, you'll potentially derail the entire relationship, but at the same time, you want to please them, you want to make them happy. You will seize your cues on how to do that from anywhere you can. And if the only cues you've ever seen to be given are from porn, then those are the ones you'll take, often to not very good effect. Overly porn-influenced sexual behavior is usually driven by the best of all possible motives, not the worst. And, you know, Make Love Not Porn is an accident. I never set out to do anything um, that I'm doing with it now. It's, it's kind of the startup the world asked for. But what is no accident is that my background is 30 years working in brand building, marketing, and advertising. I've spent 30 years working in the business of communication, which means I can tell you with absolute confidence that everything great in business and in life is born out of great communication, and sex is no different. Great sex is born out of great communication. Really communicating with each other um, on an individual basis, every partner you will ever have is different. Communicating about what you like, what you don't like, exploring what you feel comfortable with, you know, um, you know, talking about it in a way that will lead to what will really be the best sex ever. It really is only gentlemanly to ask first whatever it is you're going to do. What, 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 uh, uh, well, no, it's, it's, not even, it's not even that. It's not even the issue of consent. It's just talking about anything in an open, honest and truthful way makes everything better. That's a universal truth in life, not just sex. And so... Make Love Not Porn exists, you know, we, we're not porn, we're not amateur, we're real world sex, we're something completely different, and I'll, I'll come on to explaining that in more detail in a moment. But um, what we're about was summed up brilliantly by one of our members, a young man, who said to us, watching porn makes me want to jerk off, watching your videos makes me want to have sex. We're like any other social media platform, we're about connecting people. We're about connecting people through opening up the dialogue around sex in the real world to get to better communication, to get to better sex, to get to better relationships, to get to better lives. So you mentioned the difference between amateur and real world sex. Now, uh, what, what is that? What is that difference? Sure. So, um, so first of all, we're not porn. We are also not amateur. And, and just on that topic, 99.9% of all porn on the internet billed as amateur isn't. It's made by professional production companies, masquerading as amateur because that's what people want to see. Those dorm rooms don't exist, you know. And by the way, I have a huge issue with the term amateur because it implies the only people doing it right are the professionals and the rest of us are bumbling idiots. I couldn't disagree more. So we are real world sex and we are doing something that nobody else is doing and we're not going up against porn. We coexist very comfortably with porn because we are creating a whole new category. <clears throat> so let me give you a few examples of what I mean um, when I say real world sex. And I stress the word examples because the whole point about May Love Not Porn is that we're putting this platform out there and we haven't the faintest idea what's going to come back. We don't dictate what real world sex is. You, our community, you, the world, show us. But here are some examples of the kind of thing I mean that you will not find on any porn or amateur site anywhere. So first of all, real world sex is funny. If you can't laugh at yourselves when you're having sex, when can you? It's ridiculous. Porn world sex is not funny. Okay, porn is parodies, but the sex in them is in deadly earnest. One of the reasons we're doing this is that we want to reassure people the same shit happens to all of us. 
because we don't know that because we don't talk about it. Instead, we go, oh my God, what happened last night was so excruciatingly embarrassing. I've never spoken about this to anybody ever. So for example, the total nightmare putting the condom on. Okay, you guys always meant to know how to do that magic. As we all know, it does not happen like that. When it doesn't happen like that, things go soft, juices dry up, encounters get derailed, queefing, fatty farts. We all do it, nothing to be ashamed of. We want a category that is the sexual equivalent of America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> because when people film themselves fucking, you never see the outtakes. But there is so a market for that. Imagine the sex equivalent of Charlie Bit My Finger, which has now had over 500 million views on YouTube. Okay? Imagine the appeal of something as funny, spontaneous, relatable, human, empathetic as that. But in a sex context, nobody's doing that. Funny or die isn't doing that. College humor's not doing that. You know, it, it, real world sex is funny. Imagine showcasing that in a way that enables everyone to relax and have a laugh when things go wrong instead of feeling, because they learned from porn, it's a performance. And if things go wrong, oh my God, it's the worst thing ever. So real world sex is funny. Real world sex is messy. So it always amuses me when people talk about porn as being dirty because porn actually sanitizes sex. Porn's very clean. In porn, nobody has hair. You never see anybody using lube even though they get through gallons on set. And by the way, that's a huge shame because lube is everybody's best friend when it comes to sex. You don't see any of those nice, messy things that happen in real world sex. So we want categories like period sex. Don't see that in porn. You know, we want blood everywhere. This is fantastic. This is the real world. Real world sex is responsible. So in porn, either there are no condoms or all of a sudden the condoms on. Jump cut the fucking, where'd that come from? So we invite the hottest, most arousing real-world sex content that actively competes to eroticize condom usage. What's the hottest, most arousing way you can introduce a condom into the action, put it on, take it off, dispose of it? I have sex with condoms all the time. I want to watch my kind of sex. But I particularly want creative ideas for those awkward condom moments that we all go through. Because if more of us had more creative ideas on how to make those awkward condiments hot and arousing, there'd be a lot more safe sex happening, a lot less sexual transmitted diseases, and a lot less unwanted pregnancies. So we see a huge gap in the market between at one end porn with no condoms, and at the other end, sex ed in the classroom, roll the condom over the banana, it's all about preventing death, disease, destruction. We want to introduce a new sociocultural meme, condom hot. Make condom hot, love not porn. Not only do condoms not get in the way of great sex, they can be an integral part of great sex. And I'll give you just one last example of real world sex that I guarantee you will not find on any porn or amateur site anywhere. So as a team, we sit around talking about our own sex lives because we've designed our own experiences into our platform. So we're sitting around one day having this conversation and Sarah, who's Madam Curator, our community manager curator, she says to us, well, John, at the time, her fiance, now her husband, John and I have lazy person sex. So we all went, what the hell is lazy person sex? And she told us, and I think we can all empathize. So lazy person sex is when the two of you had a really long, hard day. You're knackered. You're lying in bed at the end of that really long, hard day. You're completely shattered, but you're really horny. You want to get off. You don't want to have to lift a single finger to do it. And that's when John will nudge Sarah and go, can we just have lazy person sex? And when I heard that, I went, oh my God, we have to have a category that is make lazy person love not porn because everybody knows exactly what we're talking about and what a blessing for all humankind. You don't have to rock it like a porn star every time. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is the real world. Here are hot, arousing ways to have lazy person sex. And when I talk about that to people, everyone knows what I mean. They go, oh my God, yeah, my boyfriend and I call it sleepy sex. Oh, it's the best. Spoon to sex yeah, to yeah, nap. Ex- exactly. You never, exactly. you don't, all, yeah. all you have to do really yeah. is like, yeah. just yeah. Aim, a, aim the condom at the bin a, and then expand, you're out. Spend as little energy as possible. You know, it's the yeah. best. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the greatest. Mm. Uh, so you really... You really are coming at this from an angle of, of education, aren't you? Um, t- um, fundamentally, yeah. yeah. But, but, but we are creating a whole new category of entertainment. We're creating real-world sex as entertainment. And, and we're, we're doing it in a way that nobody else does in order to socialise sex. So, so here are a couple of things we're doing that nobody else is doing. If you go to makelovenotporn.tv, you will see that unless you're actually streaming videos, everything on our site is safe for work. The headlines, the copy, right down to the thumbnails, um, the stills that we choose to illustrate the videos, everything is deliberately safe for work. This is the website where when somebody sits down next to you, you never have to slam your laptop shut. It's okay, it's make love, not porn. Uh, The criteria we operate is that you could literally be on an aeroplane with Wi-Fi, you could have your laptop open at your seat to make love, not porn, there could be kids running up and down the aisle next to you, and as long as you're not streaming video, it's totally fine. Um, Another thing we're doing nobody else is doing is... Um, As I said earlier, our mission is purely and simply to help make it easier to talk about sex. Because we don't talk about sex in the real world, we have no socially acceptable vocabulary with which to do that. Yeah, it's all rather dirty and... and... The the language of porn has rushed in to fill that gap. Yes. And that is not good um, on many levels, um, not least of which is because, as you would expect in a male-dominated industry, the language of porn is predominantly male-generated. So the person who coined the term finger blasting didn't have a vagina. Because if you have a vagina and you hear the term finger blasting, you want to cross your legs. The person who coined the term getting her ass railed never got his ass railed. Pounding, banging, slamming. So at Make Love Not Porn, we are creating a new vocabulary for real world sex. We tag our videos completely differently from the usual porn drop-down menu of anal, Asian, hairy, cream pie, whatever. We tag our videos with terms like Juicy, succulent. Our term for oral is downtown. Our tag for anal is deliberately derived from the recipient's experience of anal. We tag our anal sex videos, ow, 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 hey now. And we're doing that because we want you to take this language and use it beyond our platform in the real world. Because this is language you can use to talk about sex in public without feeling embarrassed about what's coming out of your mouth without having to worry about being overheard in the coffee shop, the bar. And it's language you can use to talk about what you want to do in bed in a celebratory, 
positive and gender equal way. We're talking about country, basically a lot of what we're talking about and the way I relate to it is from a, a modern first world society. But what about, um, where's the traffic coming from? Right. Like are countries that are de developing perhaps and countries that are more conservative, such as Brunei? So we are a global platform. Our second highest source of traffic after the US is China. India, Pakistan are regularly in our highest source of traffic. We are talking about a global issue, and this issue is far, far worse in the most sexually repressed countries. So um, what is very frustrating, and one of the reasons that I'm trying to raise funding for Make Love Not Porn at the moment, is that obviously at the moment we only operate in English. And we want to be able to operate a localized versions because people write to us from every country in the world and say, we want Make Love Not Porn Brazil, Make Love Not Porn India, Make Love Not Porn China. And we have a very particular agenda um, with Make Love Not Porn. We want to help countries reclaim their national sexual identity because every country has one. A national heritage, national values, national stereotypes exist around sex as much as they do around other forms of behavior like cooking or eating. Are you saying that a Brazilian makes love differently <clears throat> to a British man, uh, uh, to, to an Italian? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. It's just that we never talk about it, oh. okay? Um, but anyone's ever shagged You're their right, way... because we're so homogenized by um, what we anyone, see. Anyone who has ever shagged their way around the world can testify. <laughs> People make love differently based on the culture, society, country they come from, or rather they used to, because porn is now homogenizing sex globally. Because every country's porn industry has been influenced by this tsunami of porn coming out of the valley. And so, so we were talking about the San Fernando Valley, which is behind Los yep, Angeles. Yep. Yeah. And so we want, um, we're putting the call out for make French love, not porn, make Chinese love, not porn, you know, make Australian love, not porn, because we want to showcase how every country has real world sex. We want to instill a sense of national pride around how each country has, has real world sex. And we wouldn't mind instilling a sense of national competitiveness. We would love the Olympics of real world sex playing out on make love, not porn. Um, but, but quite seriously, Every country needs to instigate this dialogue at a national level. As I said earlier, we're at a zeitgeist moment. Never before in history have six-year-old children been able to stumble across porn online. And <clears throat> the answer to everything that worries people about this is therefore not to shut down, censor, clamp down, block, repress. It's to open up. Open up the dialogue in the way that we want to help do. Open up to welcoming, supporting, and funding entrepreneurs who want to disrupt the world of sex and porn for the better, and open up to allowing us to do business on the same terms as everybody else. For people who are listening that are perhaps aghast, like, no, 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 my son doesn't, well, newsflash, your son does. How do they even begin to have that conversation if they've never, because there's right. not, doesn't seem there's much, right. you know, information out there about how to have this conversation. Right. So, <clears throat> so um, two responses to that. The first is that, I say to parents all the time, this has to start in the home. You cannot begin talking about sex too early to your child. And when I say that, um, you know, I don't mean literally talk about sex, um, but, but actually um, almost even what you say isn't as important as how you say it. So the very first time your child asks you where babies come from, they touch their genitals, the most important thing is never get embarrassed never get angry, never slap them down, never shut them up. Just be very calm, open and honest and open up a channel of communication that will always be there for them as they get older. And again, you need to do this earlier than you ever thought you needed to. You need to begin talking to them about porn. And you need to do that really um, the moment they get on the internet or you know that they are likely to you know, um, be hanging out with friends, 
who will have laptops and cell phones at their disposal. And again, the conversation can be very simple at that level. It can just be, you know, this is sex. And, you know, just as you watch films and movies, people do things around sex that are not real world sex. And I just want to make you aware of that. And if you come across anything like that online, come and talk to me about it because, you know, it might be quite startling, might be quite frightening, and we should talk about it. Um, so so um, that's, um, th- that's what I say to parents. But equally, this is what Make Love Not Porn wants to help with as well. And so, you know, one of the reasons I'm looking for funding too is that we have a whole vision mapped out for Make Love Not Porn. What you see at the moment is only 50% built. Um, We want to build Make Love Not Porn out to have a separate component of the platform, which is, um, you know, what I call the Khan Academy of Sex Education. Khan Academy is known globally as a wonderful resource um, for online modules, for education in every single area except this one. So um, we plan to build, and again, unfortunately, we cannot do this without funding, Um, We plan to build a series of tools and resources for parents and, by the way, for schools that will be available for every age at at an age-appropriate level. Um, Teachers already use makelovenotporn.com, my original, you know, little basic clunky porn world versus real world site that I started six years ago that gave rise to all of this. Teachers already use that in schools. Parents use it, you know, to, to help them have the conversation with their kids. Parents and teachers use my TED talk. They use the Make Love Not Porn talk that I gave at TED 2009 to stimulate the discussion. You know, a mother wrote to me last year. She said, you know, the other night, my teenage son had a bunch of friends around. I sat them all down. I made them watch your TED talk. There was lots of squirming to begin with. And she said it gave rise to two hours of amazing conversation. And so we want to formalize that. And we want to build an area of Make Love Not Porn that is um, safe for work, that is, you know, um, the the active educational part of Make Love Not Porn. Obviously, makelovenotporn.tv is education, but but it's education as real-world sex entertainment. And it's very important. You know, our core offering is video sharing for a reason. You know, porn's biggest manifestation line is obviously videos. And so if we want to counter the impact of porn as default sex education globally... We need to have a proposition that that can be that counterpoint to porn in a way that is designed one day to be as all-pervasive in our society as porn currently is. But but we want to build out resources around that that anybody can use to make it easier to talk to children about sex. You've just dropped so, like, three enormous things on me that I'm... I'm still trying to grapple with, like, number one, the global homogenization of sex. It never occurred to me that just as someone from my country to North America not only has a different accent and different way of looking at the world, but will behave differently in mm. bed, yet this nas- this world standard of your cock's got to be this big, you've mm. got to have this many abs, yeah. your ass can't yeah. shake as yeah. a woman, your titties yep. can't look weird when yep. you're bent over, um, all these things are the default yeah. that people compare themselves to. Yeah. And, it's, um, and, and it is particularly upsetting, um, as we said earlier, in the countries that are most repressed. So, you know, I mean, the reason my team and I brought Make Love Not Porn forwards as makelovenotporn.tv is because from the moment I launched makelovenotporn.com and gave my TED talk and it went viral, um, it resulted in a global explosion of response. Every single day for the past six years, this is ongoing. 
I get thousands of emails to my Make Love Not Porn inbox, and they come from everybody. Young and old, men and female, straight and gay, from every single country in the world. And even before the actual website that I put out there, what amazes people is simply the fact that <clears throat> I stood on a stage in public, I talked about, and I'm doing something about what everybody knows and nobody ever speaks about. And as a result, people feel able to tell me anything. They pour their hearts out to me on email. They tell me things about their sex lives and their porn watching habits. They've never told anybody else before. They write for advice. 15-year-old boys write for advice. 15-year-old women write for advice. So I get emails like, you know, a woman wrote to me from the Middle East. And she said, she said, I'm lucky. She said, I managed to escape my background, but, but my friends haven't. She said, you know, in our culture, nobody talks about sex. And all the boys and all the men are watching porn. And she said, I have girlfriends who are terrified of sex. I have wives who are terrified of their husbands in bed because this is what the boys and men see. It is the only thing they see. Nobody has had any conversation about sex. And this is what they demand and expect to happen in bed. It's, it's utterly, utterly horrifying. And, um, and so I find it extraordinary that I struggle so hard to find anybody who wants to fund Make Love Not Porn. My team and I believe you can change the world through sex. We are working to make sex better for all of us. The world of business and tech is doing everything it possibly can to stop us. Where is the sense in that? Our biggest issue when it comes to finding funding in a world where venture capitalists fling millions of dollars at utterly trivial iPhone apps and games, <laughs> our biggest obstacle is the social dynamic that I characterize as fear of what other people will think. It is never about what the person I'm talking to thinks, because when you understand what we're doing and why we're doing it, nobody can argue with it. It is always their perceived and utterly wrong-headed fear of what they think other people think. So that rules out two of the usual three routes of funding that any tech startup would go after. <clears throat> it rules out institutional funding, venture capitalists, as exemplified by, you know, a young VC reached out to me last year from San Francisco. Um, he'd, he'd seen me speak about Make Love Not Porn at a tech conference. He wrote to me, he said, I'm blown away by this idea. It's genius. We met up, we talked. He loves it, he gets it. But he said to me, at the end of the day, <clears throat> it's not about what I think. It's about what every other partner in my firm will think and what every investor in our fund will think. So VC is out. Fear of what other people will think also rules out the second route, which is crowdfunding. Successful crowdfunding requires a very large number of people willing to very publicly rally around something and very publicly invite lots of other people into it. People will totally publicly rally around a piece of hardware, a video game, a movie concept. They will not publicly rally around anything to do with sex. And by the way, Kickstarter is no adult content. So um, that leaves the third route, which is the one that we are going down, which is angel investors. You know, wealthy individuals who have the assets and who would support our mission. And our challenge there is that when it comes to angels, any other startup can do its research and target. So other startups can go, for example, oh, so-and-so has publicly stated they want to invest in clean tech. You know, so-and-so has a portfolio that indicates their interests are. Nobody is currently putting their hand up going, I want to invest in sex tech. And sex is the one area where you cannot tell from the outside what anybody thinks on the inside. Yeah. And so I have a two-pronged approach to finding the angel investors we so badly need. A, I put the call out all the time. So whether I'm speaking on stage or doing a media interview like this one, I go, who knows, you know, to, um, an open-minded investor, are there any out there? Please email Cindy at makelovenotporn.com immediately. And what I also do is I ask everybody who they know personally. 
Because when you know somebody personally, you know what they're like behind closed doors, what they're like when they let their hair down, what they're like when they talk about sex. And those are our key performance indicators for the kind of person who might be open-minded enough to support what we're doing. A friend of mine, you know, when, when I was talking about this enormous difficulty in finding funding, you know, they said, I mean, they said this is ridiculous. And this is how they summed up our, our value proposition. They said, what's it worth to ensure your kid doesn't grow up fucked up? <laughs> yeah. I, I look at, you know, when I see, when you talked about those drop-down menus, and I've, I've kind of backed right away from, from online porn in the past, past few months. I just, it's not... It's not shot for me. It doesn't, you know, I, I get excited by looking at a woman's face. That's what I get excited oh, about. I don't want gynecological uh, close-ups. And Osha, I have to tell you, I mean, you know, what we're setting out to demonstrate um, with Make Love and Porn, as I said, we're creating a whole new category, is that um, it's like anything else. Real-world sex is more innovative, more surprising, more creative, more phenomenal, more unbelievable, more arousing than porn will ever be. Is it because real world sex doesn't have to worry about cameras making no, getting the uh, shot? No, uh, uh, no, it, it's like anything else. You know the the British saying, "Not so queer as folk." You know, I mean, truth is stranger than fiction. You know, all around the world, people are having real world sex in ways and contexts that, I mean, porn cannot even begin to replicate. There is nothing as extraordinary, amazing as real world people. There is nothing as extraordinary, amazing as real world sex. You know, and and it is nothing, nothing, nothing like porn. You know, in, in, again, all sorts of ways that people don't realise. So, so uh, and again, we are we are operating this um, in ways that nobody else does. So, you know, um, real world sex has context. Okay, real world sex has a backstory. It has relationships. So, one of the things that we ask our make love not porn stars to do is we ask them to create free to access intro videos. Um, so, so th this is kind of your trailer for your real-world sex video. But your intro video can be anything you want it to be. You know, I mean, and some people cut together, you know, clips from, from their full-length real-world sex video. But other people talk to the camera about why they decided to do this. And by the way, a few of our Make Love Not Porn stars had video themselves to each other before. The vast majority had never even filmed themselves having sex before. They've done it for the first time for us, and they've shared it because they believe in our social mission. So, you know, um, people write to us and say, you know, I was browsing around your site and I don't usually pay for porn. I, you know, so the fact you charge to watch real world sex videos, um, you know, I thought I'm not going to watch anything. And they say, you know, um, you know, this guy wrote, he said, I began watching one of your intro videos. And it was this couple who were talking about who they were, why they chose the show. And he said, they were so interesting. I went, I just have to see how these guys have sex. You know, um, and, and, and that's absolutely part of the appeal. Um, to, before we launched, I was telling, you know, a friend of mine in the tech community um, about um, what we're planning. And he went, oh, right. So, so it's kind of like, you know how, you know, you have these two hot friends and you always wonder, you know, I wonder what their sex is like. Well, now you can see it. I went, yeah, exactly. You know? um, and, and, and also, um, so, so here's something that even we didn't realize, because, because we're a social experiment. As I said earlier, we're putting this platform out there. You know, we're learning ourselves all the time. So very early on, this is when we're still in closed beta, a woman submitted a video um, that she made with her partner, and then she wrote to us. She said, I just had to email you guys and tell you this was the single most rewarding experience of my entire life. And we, we were startled. She said, um, doing this drove an amazing dialogue with my partner. 
Because when you decide to film yourselves having sex, you have to talk about it. She said, you know, we just had the most fascinating communication around this. She said the sex was the hottest ever. And the whole process of doing this, filming ourselves, submitting the video, posting online, it bonded us and unified us and, and, and it improved our relationship in a really interesting way. And we were startled because even we had never realized the process of sharing a real world sex could be transformative in itself. And we've heard that from many Make Love Not Porn stars since, so that we, we then created an area on our blog where we invite them to guest post about the experience of sharing the real world sex. And, you know, a number of them say to us things like, we thought we had a great relationship, this has taken us to a whole new level. And it's become a part of our lives. And Make Love Not Porn has become a part of who we are in the community in a really interesting way. I mean, it is, I tell you, it is utterly, utterly riveting. And by the way, um, so, so obviously a very important part of what we're doing is our revenue sharing business model. Mm -hmm. So like Uber and Airbnb, we are part of the sharing economy. You pay to rent and stream real world sex videos. And then 50% of that income goes to our contributor or as we like to call them, our Make Love Not Porn star. Now, um, there's a reason why we operate that, that model uh, that, that is to do with, um, we, um, and again, no other adult site does this, okay? Um, we ensure that every video submitted is fully consensual, you know, over 18, et cetera. You can't complete our submissions process unless you've submitted two forms of visual ID for every participant, including, by the way, if you have a third person behind the camera, you know, we have to have all of their ID as well. You know, everyone's over 18. You know, you cannot submit videos without everybody having consented and being very happy that, that you've done that. The moment you submit, we begin a personal relationship with you. Um, Madam Curator Sarah, our assistant curator Ariel will Skype with you, answer questions, you know, reassure you. We, um, we, um, we hold... IRL events for our Make Love Not Porn stars. We invite you to come and meet other Make Love Not Porn stars and us. We've held two drinks, um, you know, parties in, in this apartment um, where, where we've invited, um, you know, people to people come and meet us and, and, and their fellow contributors. Um, you can totally be anonymous, um, by the way. You can wear masks, faces in shadow, faces out of frame. If you're worried about, you know, jobs in the future careers, your, your videos are only viewable on our site and they're only viewable by people who've paid to view them. And, and as I said, the reason we operate a rent and stream model as opposed to a download and own, is because our commitment to you is that the moment anything changes, your relationship, your life, your circumstances, your mind, all you have to do is tell us we take your videos down and they're gone forever. Wow. Nobody else does that, by the way. But um, another reason why um, I designed our business model to be the way it is, is that I believe very strongly that everybody should realize the value of what they create. And I feel that particularly strongly because my background is theater and advertising, two industries where ideas and creativity are massively undervalued even by the creators themselves. So I believe that if you create something that gives other people pleasure, you should absolutely see a return on it. And the more people you give more pleasure to, the greater that return should be. So I designed a business model that is the opposite of the porn industries. In porn, whether you are a world-famous porn star or a newbie, you only ever get paid per scene by the scene. And the pay scale per scene will range from a few hundred dollars at the low end to, again, even if you are a world-famous porn star, maximum $1,000, $2,000 at the top end. That scene will then go on to be viewed billions of times on Brazzers, Naughty America, Pornhub, whatever. The porn stars will never see a penny of, of any return from that. There are no residuals in the porn industry. There are no repeat fees. If there were, it would be a very different industry. With our model, the more people who enjoy your video, the more money you make. At the moment, some of our Make Love Not Porn stars are making four figures at each payout. And our intention is absolutely that when we grow and hit critical mass, 
one day your real world sex video could hit the YouTube holy grail equivalent of a million rentals. And at five bucks a rental, when we give you half of that revenue, you're laughing. Do the math. And so our Make Love Not Porn stars have the ability to do what YouTube stars do today, which is build their followings, build their fan base. And one day, we would love to see this make millions of dollars. You are a very interesting person, Cindy. When did you first realize that you were different from the other people around you? When did you first realize you have, you have this incredible drive and it's quite evident listening to you speak for even a minute that you have an incredible drive. How old were you when you realized you were different from the other kids? I d- uh, you know, I've, I've never had a realization like that, seriously. I mean, all... Um, well, all... did you realize that the other kids were different from you? No, to, uh, 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 no because also nobody's that different, okay? Um, uh, quite seriously, um, you know, um, what I say to people is that the single best moment of my life, and this wasn't a single moment, actually, it was a gradual realisation, but was the day I realised that I no longer give a damn what anybody thinks because that is the only way to live your life. I said earlier that our biggest obstacle with Make Love Not Porn is the fear of what other people will think. Fear of what other people will think is the single most paralysing dynamic in business and in life. It's why I say you will never own the future if you care what other people think. And you will never own your own life if you care what other people think. And so, you know, my work, and this is what If Around the World's about as well as Make Love Not Porn and all of my public speaking and consultancy, my work is absolutely focused on getting everyone to realise that when you cease to give a damn what other people think, when you live your life according to what you truly believe, what your own values are across everything, including sexually, then, you know, that is the way to be truly happy. And that's the way to live the life you always want to live. And it's also the way to do the work you've always wanted to do. And it's as simple as that. It really is. And how has this way of living uh, served you in, I mean, you were, what, you were less than 40 when you became the, the founder of the, one of this massive advertising agency here in New York. How has, how has this way of life served you in your, in your business life? Well, well, I have to tell you, I mean, you know, I could not be happier doing what I'm doing. It's, 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 a, it's a massive battle, by the way. It's a huge struggle. You know, I have a hashtag I use called Startup Stress that mm. I use on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and, and by the way, um, that was deliberate because several years ago, I took a deliberate decision to open up in social media and be very honest about how enormously difficult it is to be an entrepreneur. You know, um, and I did that because it's very easy to look at my life from the outside and go, oh my God, she goes to all these glamorous places. You know, um, but I go to glamorous places because I support myself by doing paid speaking gigs. And so I'm lucky enough to get paid to speak all around the world. But, I, but you know, I fight a battle every single day and I wanted people to know that. And in fact, since I started doing that, people have written to me, tweeted at me and gone, thank you so much for being honest about what a goddamn struggle life is when you are an entrepreneur, because it makes me feel better about everything I'm facing. But at the end of the day, you know, even though... I'm fighting battles. I'm reinventing myself in every possible way, including financially. You know, I used to be a high-flying, highly paid ad exec. Now I'm, you know, struggling startup entrepreneur. But, you know, I'm an evangelist about working for yourself because it's the only way to be. You know, I'm turning things I passionately believe in into businesses. I'm doing what I want to do. I don't have somebody above me telling me what to do and how to do it. And that makes a huge amount of difference. And everybody has the ability to work for themselves. Everybody has something within them that they could turn into a business. And, you know, that's um, that's also part of what, what I'm very keen to make happen. It's, it's why, you know, I, I want to find a way to, you know, get on TV in some form or other um, and, and, you know, one of my frustrations is I've had talks with various TV production companies and networks about, you know, beyond reality is real. 
And what I mean by that is there is programming um, that, that can be aspirational in a way that so-called reality television isn't and can be aspirational about the right kind of values. And I would love to, I would love to do something that's about democratizing entrepreneurship, helping everybody understand what they have within themselves that they can take and they, they can turn into their own business on however small a scale. And I, the reason that's important is because all around the world right now, there are many entrepreneurs by default. There are people who never set out to work for themselves but have no other choice because they have to put food on the table, put a roof over their heads and their children's heads. You know, um, you know, they have to support themselves somehow. And the old world order of society says you do that by getting a job. And the new world order is everybody has a skill and a talent of some sort they can turn into money. And I would just love to help them make that happen. And in the meantime, by the way, you know, Make Love Not Porn has decided to do that. You know, I wrote a blog post last year, which was headlined, How Make Love Not Porn Can Help the Global Economy. And I began it by saying, you know all those scam ads that pop up everywhere on the internet going, make $2,000 a week working from home? Well, now you can. <laughs> Both makelovenotporn.tv and If We Ran The World, it sounds like they have a, a larger purpose, a, a, a global purpose of making things better. Where does that come from? I just believe the future of business is doing good and making money simultaneously. Um, but very importantly, not in the way that most companies currently do, which goes, we make money here, and then we do good by writing checks to causes to clear our conscience over here. But about the new world order way of we make money because we do good. We find a way to integrate social responsibility into the way we do business on a day-to-day -day basis that therefore makes it a key driver of future growth and profitability. I believe the business model of the future is shared values plus shared action equals shared profit, financial profit and social profit. That's the business model that if we ran the world as software that enables businesses to operate that model, that's the model I designed Make Love Not Porn around. And by the way, when you build a community around shared values, which is the most fundamental requirement for a good relationship in life as much as business, you will never truly bond if you don't share the same values. Building a community around shared values to do with sex has been extraordinary. Our Make Love Not Porn community is exceptional. You know, it's... Um, it's, it's just, it's amazing to see. You know, we're tiny, we're bootstrapping, we're struggling, they're so patient, they're so supportive. They say, we know you can do it, guys. We're here for you, just keep going. We know you'll make it. Honestly, um, it, it just, you know, we get emails from our community that move me to tears. They absolutely do. And, and that's what keeps me and my team going. Because it is, it sounds like it is quite the struggle. And, and... It's, uh, it, I have to tell you, Osha, it's, it's enormously demoralizing. It's enormously demotivating, you know. Um, Certainly for someone who had such a colossal career in the corporate world. Well, well, that's got nothing to do with it. I mean, I, mean, I don't care about colossal careers in the corporate world. What I care about is that, you know, I mean, we have a venture where if we don't get the funding we need, this venture could die. I'm not going to let it do that. You know, I cannot go to my grave not knowing that I, I did everything I possibly could to make this happen. But, but you know, other entrepreneurs go... Well, we ran out of money. We have to shut the company. I cannot let down our community. I cannot let down all the people around the world who have welcomed to make love, not porn, because nobody else is doing what we're doing, who believe in us. You know, I, I absolutely cannot see them let down. And, and you know, um, so, so the single thing that most motivates me, it's a very good thing this motivates me, is the dynamic that I call... I'm going to fucking well show you. You tell me it can't be done, I'm going to fucking well show you. You put Oscar on a path, I'm going to fucking well show you. And so I regularly have felt, you know, the more society 
you know, push us back on us, no adult content, we, you know, no bank will work with us, no VC will fund us. You know, I I take that and I channel it into, into, into motivation. I have to channel anger and distress and depression and demotivation into motivation. So, you know, I just have to go, I'm going to fucking well show you. And I have my I'm going to fucking well show you list. All the people who didn't believe in us, all the people who wouldn't help us, you know, I'm going to fucking well show you. Are you crossing names off that list? Um, I, I hope that I'm not able to yet because I have to prove. Um, I have to find the funding I need. I have to scale and grow. I mean, we have a model that demonstrates that with funding, Make Love Not Porn can be a billion dollar venture in five years' time. I've got to make that happen. And then I'll be able to cross names off that list. I look forward to that day. I look Thank forward you. to reading that online. Cindy, you're a gem. Thank you so much for your time. Um, th- um, thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk about what we're doing. Oh, lovely. I'm going to take your photo now. Is that okay? Yeah, totally fine. Smashing. That is Cindy Gallup. You can find her on Twitter at C-I-N-D-Y-G-A-L-L-O-P. Let her know you heard her here. If you liked that conversation, let her know that uh, you dug it and support her online. Makelovenotporn.com is her website. Once again, you will get what you think you're going to get if you click on that. All right? Okay. We're all grown-ups here. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Moving on. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. I can't make this show without you. I wouldn't make this show if nobody downloaded it, but so many people download it. It makes me want to make this show each week. So thank you for giving me an incredible, incredible, joyous experience each and every week because I love doing this. And I'm grateful that I can make it for you. So thank you for being here. If you need me through the week, send me an email. Send Osher email at gmail.com. Send Osher email at gmail.com. Or find me on Twitter or whatever. I'm there. So have a good week. Um, I might just enjoy my beard before it has to go away. And get some sleep. Yeah, sleep is good. Speaking of which, sleep well. And dream of beautiful things. Talk to you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.